0: American Gunslingers presenting you Reports.
1: Hey everybody, this is John at Ubaldi Reports, the one podcast that provides fact, not fiction, on issues impacting America. And as always, I got my co-host Joe Bits, but we also got someone new today. Is Cody, who's a big uh, freedom-loving American, and also a Second Amendment um, aficionado. So,
0: also, I would maybe put under ATF expert as yeah, well.
1: He knows his um, his, uh, his 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 Second Amendment, and he's also getting ready to partner up with Joe and Ray and getting a gun store set up here in the uh, greater Tampa area. But tonight we're going to be talking about, or at least giving our analysis... The debate. ...of the Republican (laughs) debate, which was the first debate for the presidential season. The Democrats aren't holding one because the DNC is not going to schedule any debates, and even though uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. wants to hold one, it's just not going to happen. And then on the Republican side... The front runner Donald Trump decided to skip out on the debate because he felt like he's, you know, was forty points ahead in the polls. Why debate? I think most political experts would would have cautioned anybody going into so debate. Real, real quick
0: far. about that, go looking back. He's like, hey, I'm not going to go. Did they look at his numbers between yesterday and today, or is that a couple more days
1: out? I think you need at least a day or two to get more of the numbers to see where it's at. Because he was, he did his little
0: Twitter spaces something with uh, Car- Tucker, Tucker Carlson. Carlson correct. Did, did anybody get to see that?
1: I didn't get to see because I was watching the debate. Okay,
0: and then I mean the debate. There were two people in there that I had no like. Well, first of all, let me get this. Let's well, see. I had a, I had a, I had, I had a thought too, but no, go but ahead.
1: Go, what did, I mean, okay. I think we this is a pretty pretty good analysis. I'm 58, Joe's in his 40s, Cody's in his 20 is 24. So Cody, you're into that Gen Z mentality. So Joe, you're up in your in your 40s and obviously I'm a young 58. What did you guys think of the debate and who did you think was the winner? But before we go into that, what are the issues cuz we all come from different levels. Yeah. What issues are – I mean, Cody, what issues are are you're most impacted by? What do you want – what did you want the Republican candidates for president to discuss, and what issues concern you the most?
2: You know, the biggest thing is the economy, and not just the economy, but the housing market. Because a lot of people my age are realizing, and even people older than me, we're realizing we're never going to own a house, we're never going to have –
1: we're that American dream
2: property, correct? Because it's just too expensive. We're, you know, we're barely getting by. Um, rent is skyrocketing. We can't afford to save up twenty percent down for a house. And a lot of the times, um, you know, I'm not sure if y'all are aware, but the requirements for renting have gone up. Because it used to be, you know, as long as you can pay the rent, you're good.
1: You mean for the housing or apartment? Anything. Yeah.
2: Now they. You know, credit background checks, sure, but they require proof. They require pay stubs that you're making at least three times rent. And for a lot of people, they they're not making that benchmark, and they're it they're forced to spend more than thirty percent of their income on rent. But the people renting it won't allow it.
1: Well, that's a good point because I know for the mortgages, it's like I think it's at seven percent now. People are spending forty percent. Of their income on just their housing. Now, for me, I'm affected because I'm, I'm, and I don't say this in a, in a vacuum. I live with a friend of mine and because rent got too expensive. And I'm not, I mean, I'm doing all right, but I'm not making enough to get my own place because you figure rent's gone up, utility costs have gone up, gas has gone up, food has gone up. I had a friend of mine who is a single mother. She's talking about grocery prices are killing her because she has young children. They drink a lot of milk. Milk is four or five dollars a gallon. Mm-hmm. So all these things are impacted. So my issue was the economy was top was my number one issue. Inflation is my number one issue because it is getting tough out there. Now, Joe, you've got a, out of all three of us, you've got a family. What are the issues were you most concerned about?
0: Um, just the economy are getting inflation down, but I mean, I'm kind of, I'm in a position where, um, I want to see other people prosper in the kind of situation that's going on. And it's not, it's not good for them. You know, it's not good for say you or like, you know, Cody just coming to, to Florida and wanting to get on his own into his own apartment and stuff like that. Uh, I want things to get corrected so that he and you have a better opportunity exactly to, um but personally i like the idea of um i want him to see him like kind of i just want to see this administration just get out um it kind of looked like for me uh It looked like they were just competing for second place during the whole debate, as I was looking at it. As the debate was opening,
1: because Donald Trump wasn't there.
0: Well, not because Donald Trump wasn't there, but because we already know. I think we already know. Unless like something major or catastrophic happens, you know, the best any of these candidates can do is going to be second place, if. Donald Trump considers for you to run with him as his vice president. And we know that there's one in there definitely that's not going to be considered. That's true. Um, But I also thought, I think it was like just, it was a show. Like they're just trying to be, um, and it was like, there was a lot of pomp and circumstance. There was a lot of rehearsed speeches and a lot of like, look, bullet points. I liked Ramaswamy because he kind of came in there. Um, But um historically for me, like if I'm gonna pick somebody, it's always gonna be an outsider. It's always gonna be okay. someone that can stir up the pot. But also, um from like my perspective from the last administration prior to the Biden administration and like Ramaswamy's kind of thinking, uh, when we talk about it too, is that a businessman can get America back on the right track when it comes to the economy. You know, and he has a good platform. He's a little bit on the younger side, so he has like a no nonsense approach. Mm-hmm. I want somebody young. I want somebody that has, that is business like, and I want somebody that is like energetic and goes for it. And I think he is it. I okay, saw so, Ram- you,
1: so you like Ramaswamy?
0: Yeah, I would almost pick Ron. Ram- I would almost pick Ramaswamy over DeSantis. Okay, uh, just because DeSantis is just getting a little too political for me. Okay,
1: now. Cody, what? Who did you like, and what was?
2: So I liked Ramaswamy as well. There were no clear winners in that debate. They all stumbled. You know, some just didn't shine at all. Um, Ramaswamy certainly stumbled at least a few times.
1: Yeah, especially when it came to the foreign policy thing. He, he, he. I know it was a big thing on Ukraine, but he didn't have much of a message beyond "We're not going to send money to Ukraine." there's third and fourth order effects to that.
2: Yeah, he basically said, I'm not starting any wars and I'm not going to fund Ukraine until we get here sorted. My
1: problem with the on the foreign policy standpoint on all the candidates, it was more of a reaction to I'm not Joe Biden. We're not st- standing up to China and we're either we should fund Ukraine or we're not. They never gave a vision of what and this we, we haven't seen this since the end of the Cold War. The last president really had a vision for U.S. foreign policy, was George H.W. Bush. So now we're in the post Cold War era. We're in the post war on kind of terror era. What vision do you have for the um, the United States? Because, and I mentioned this many times on this program, foreign policy has a great impact on domestic policy. No one talked about any kind of trade issues. No one talked about how they would stand up to China. What would they do differently? The one person I did like, and I know it's different than um, than Joe and you guys. I liked Ron DeSantis because at least I know his record of what he did in Florida. Where Ramas uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, he has some good points on the. We got to get uh, jumpstart the economy. He has a business background, but when you go into g- government, can you work? and get the process moving. One of the, the hiccups that Trump had is he, he got the tax cut, he reached, got the economy moving, but he was unable to get some key parts of legislation through, like reform in health care. Now, a lot of it had to do with the Republicans weren't better prepared going in. I just want someone who can get things done and get things passed that are going to benefit not just corporate America— it's going to benefit small business like you are. I got a small business. And I know DeSantis did talk about all the pr- things we're facing, like we mentioned, food prices, gas prices, rent, mortgages. I talked to someone at work today. They said um, they were coming from one of the um, autos, auto um, show, um, auto dealers, and they say that's, they're starting to slow down because people can't afford the, um, the payments mm-hmm. because interest rates are too high. So that's it. I wish they would have spent more on the economy than they did. I know I think there was a re- thing, abortion became the big issue. I wish the inflation in the economy was more of an issue. Well, they
0: kind of tackled hot spots like China and Russia yeah. a little bit. But also, so like, you no, know, my thought of DeSantis is that if DeSantis is in that office, he's like, like he did for Florida, he's going to do what's best for America. Um, his trans movement and uh, the don't say gay stuff like that, even although I don't think it's should be in uh, like uh, school, schools, schools. I think he's going after a little too hard, especially okay, that's a fair point. Um, so I think maybe if he kind of like backed off and he did pick a fight with Disney, but guess what? I'm still going to go to Disney every other weekend if I but get the, the opportunity. Thing, uh, thing... But I mean, keep on going with what I was saying is that, I see him doing what's best for America to get America back on track. But Rami Swamy, I think from a businessman perspective, you know, he's not a billionaire by accident. He, Thinks in different ways, and linear ways, in order for that to happen. And I would think he would do the same for the country. That if he was kept on getting blocked or, or, or stuck at a certain area, just like just like Donald Trump, he would find other ways around. The
1: one thing, about okay, the one thing with Vivek Ramaswamy and some of the other candidates, they're not going to be as polarizing as Donald Trump. Now, I think there's a lot of it. And I, I think they did when they were asked him, "Would you?" pardon Donald Trump and some of the issues with He was Donald. the first one to put his hand up. He was the first one. DeSantis kind of reluctantly. Yeah, very did. reluctantly. Okay, but the other problem, I think all the candidates, whatever, and I disagree with Asa Hutchins when he talked about the 14th Amendment that he's barred because of the 14th. Jonathan Turley, a constitutional scholar from George Washington, refuted that notion because uh, Donald Trump was not charged with insurrection in any of the four indictments especially the one in Atlanta and Fulton County Georgia and also the federal indictment by um, the special prosecutor so I don't know where that's coming from because because all they got him with is he didn't accept the election results mm-hmm. in uh, 2020 but if that's the case that can be that argument and those charges could be leveled at Hillary Clinton Hakeem Jeffries, the speaker, the the, uh, minority leader in the House, every Democrat, including Barack Obama and uh, then Vice President Joe Biden, because each of them were briefed by John Brennan that Hillary Clinton was pushing a false narrative. They went to the FBI. They pushed it. They bought and paid for a false dossier by not accepting the election. Even Stacey Abrams can be charged under that same charge. That same aspect that you're doing with Donald Trump. So I think they could have done a better job on that, explaining it to the American people, what really is going on. And I know some people may criticize me on this, but I've read all the indictments, like the latest indictment that came out of Georgia. All it was is, is a charge. We're going to charge them for tweeting, speaking, um, writing or whatever. That does not fall under First Amendment issues. And that's the point that Jonathan Turley, and he was no conservative, and even Alan Dershowitz, who's a very staunch, he said, I'm a liberal to the core, said there's no evidence of this insurrection. It's just all freedom of the speech, of free speech.
0: So, I mean, kind of going back to what we were talking, I mean, I, I... I I'm, I think the support is warranted. Uh, one a couple of things that kind of threw me off was the guy, the one governor from Arkansas and one, Oh Asa Hutchins. And then what was the other governor from? Barkley's from to, North Dakota. North Dakota, I do like like
2: okay. The <laughs> I'm
0: like I'm like. <clears throat> It was almost like, "Hey, who are you?" Those two will probably not make the next cut. Well, I think with one of them saying that um, they
1: had good things to say on certain things. I didn't agree well, with the, some the, things. The, with one, the,
0: the governor from Arkansas that was like, uh, "Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna support Donald Trump if he's convicted." Blah blah blah. That dude is probably gonna be dropping out in the next two three Let's days. See,
1: but in the same breath, he said, "Would you support any candidate, no matter who the Republican nominee?" And he said, "Yes." So, but the argument he's using on the 14th Amendment doesn't apply. Yeah. And it's a stretch, even like, to, like I go back to Jonathan Turley. He said that that was applied for insurrection. Donald Trump was never charged in any of the indictments for insurrections. But one aspect that I thought neither of the candidates answered it correctly was when Brett Baer asked him about the huge homeless problem mm-hmm. in, Cal- in, in the United States. And the reason I say they didn't answer it correctly, homelessness is mainly a state issue. I mean, homelessness, I can tell you, Tampa, yeah, I mean, the, the state's going to have a, a, somewhat of a role. But the big role is played by the cities. And a lot of it is not just all these homeless people are drug addicted or alcohol addicted or a mental illness. Those are all aspects of homelessness. Like if you take California, the state that I came from, you need as you were saying earlier, you need about 3000 to 4000 a month just to get maybe a one-bedroom or even a two-bedroom. So how many people have, let's say, $3,000, thirty-six? was it $36,000 a year just going for rent, not encompassing all the other things? So if you're a server, if you work at a grocery store, if you work a delivery driver or mechanic, can you afford this?
2: Well, even if you can, what happens if something happens? And you're out of a job, or you you out, you're sidelined. You can't work. Everything's so expensive; they don't, people can't afford to save up a rainy day fund.
1: No, they can't. But they, but this is where the candidates should have said a lot of these issues that they're talking about, like crime and um, homelessness. Those are stated now. The federal government can play a role, but through the 10th amendment those are state issues and a lot like Ron DeSantis I think out of everybody because he's a current governor said he fired two uh, prosecutors for failing to enforce criminal um laws now i know one of the prosecutors was in my county hillsborough county and i talked to a lot of the sheriffs i talked to the uh, police officers i talked to even senior members of the hillsborough county sheriff and also Tampa Police Department they were glad he left because he wasn't prosecuting some of these crimes so they said well, you're gone. So at least Ron DeSantis can do that. They tried to do it with Lee Zeldin up in New York but he, unfortunately he didn't win to fire um Alvin Bragg because they're not prosecuting anybody in the um in um, um in the city of New York. So you see all these problems.
0: I did have a, a few questions I kind of came up Kind of like I wanted John's kind of like fun facts when it came to it. And it was all like I don't I didn't see a lot of people attacking Trump except for one and that was Chris Christie. Yeah. Um I didn't I didn't see any too much. I see maybe them kind of taking jabs at the previous administration, but Chris Christie was like Donald Trump called or said that we should suspend the constitution. No, I heard Did, did I, he say that?
1: I would have to go back and look. I heard that, but I I didn't want to comment on that till I can go back and see did he actually say that. I mm-hmm. know people will probably go on there oh yeah, he did. I'd like to If somebody who's listening to this, please put it in where did he say that and if you have a link so I can go back and comment and on it. Then that.
0: the other one was that he praised Putin and called him a genius. I don't
1: recall that, but what Donald Trump did is if you read the art of the deal, he praises you openly, but he says something different behind the scenes. But okay. if you look at as he dealt with Putin, uh, Trump was much tougher on Putin than Biden was. One of the big things I would point out is I think it was in 2017, the Wagner group, that's that paramilitary military organization. The leader just was killed in a plane crash. And I'm sure Vladimir Putin had something to do with that. Well, they attacked 50 of our special forces operators in um, Syria. Well, Donald Trump unleashed the U.S. military using B-52s, F-22s, our Predator drones and all that stuff. And they killed about 250 Wagner um, mercenaries. So he was much tougher on China and on Russia than Joe Biden was. And the one thing that I kind of fault some of these the candidates, it's not what you do once you send troops to war, I mean, send aid and stuff, is how do you prevent war? It's like an example, Sun Tzu, the art of, the, art of war. Every military general, every military knows that. It's how to fight without actually fighting. Had we been tougher on Putin at the beginning, mm-hmm. had we, and way to stop, like even against China, the way to... Defeat the uh, stand up to China is have a better economic situation at home, reestablish our educational system so we have one of the best ones in the world. Mm-hmm. Do these things now. This is where I would find fault for uh, Vivek Ramaswamy when he said we're gonna we're not gonna fund Ukraine because we forced Russia and you and China together. Okay, well, how do you decouple Russia from China? What is your what is your uh, policy to do that? What would you do if we stop funding and do we leave Russia where they're at? Well, personally, how we do? How do we, do
0: we uncouple? You, know, you want my opinion? on How we uncouple China and, and Go Russia? We for it. we we uh, pay the Wagner Group and we let them take care of it because you no, know, they just kind of took a hit. And I'm pretty sure they're a little upset about it.
1: Well, there's but see, there's an issue right now with the Wagner leader being killed. Yeah. There's dysfunction in the Wagner group. Who, what loyalty do they go to now? Yeah, Because prob- they were promised a lot of things. So there's unsettledness right now because now he's worried about these group. Are they going to be loyal to the Wagner leader or the, where their loyalties lie? And mm-hmm. Russia is always problematic. But well, Vivek a- Ramaswamy never addressed that. How do you decouple Russia from China? And if you stop funding the Ukraine war – now, I've always – just to in context, I supported arming the Ukrainians, not the way Joe Biden did it. Had we been stronger when he at the gate, he didn't end Keystone, he didn't end our energy independence. He the pullout of Afghanistan was a debacle, and I don't know how anybody, including Admiral John Kirby, think that's a success.
0: So your expertise is foreign policy, in defense. Yeah. Okay, and we have a bunch of NATO countries behind. Or on the other side of Ukraine, is, it the, is is it the only the only thing that we're doing supporting Ukraine is to stop them? So if Russia did happen to take over Ukraine, they'd be like knocking on NATO's door.
1: But see, but that's the point: is if Russia took over Ukraine, Ukraine's not part of NATO. Will that give the uh, the Russians the incentive to go into the Baltic states? This is Latvia, Estonia, and Lithuania. They are NATO members. So there's a—and right now you have two superpowers. Um, Russia is military having problems, especially economically and politically. And right now, which didn't come up in the, at all during the debate, China's economy is sinking. They have a lot of internal problems. So you have two major superpowers with nuclear weapons all have eternal issues. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when leaders get backed in the corner, they lash out on external forces. So we'll have to see how this plays out, and we'll have to see. But I wish I, that would— I honestly think this is
0: going to be a non-issue once we get back—if we get our previous administration back in 2020—if we get him in 2024. But here's the problem. I, I'm sure once he steps—if he would step in office, hey, this Ukrainian-Russian thing is going to go away because— And then China is probably I would I would almost guarantee I would almost think that China would uncouple from Russia, too, because they're like, we don't want no we we don't want no smoke. We don't want the other
1: problem we face. And this is across as Democratic and Republican administrations. Our defense industrial base is not where it needs to be, because at the end of the Cold War, all the defense contractors kind of merged with each other. So let's say for a Stinger missile. We only pay. Pretty much, have one company that builds those. Yeah. So we are sure we've sent in our stockpile to Ukraine. Now there was an exercise, like twenty different exercises, by the Center for Strategic International Studies, said if we got into a war with China over Taiwan, we would either win a pyrrhic victory, meaning we would win, but it'd be so bloody, or we would lose because we would expend our entire stockpile within a week. And then we
0: just give them money, or didn't we just give? Yeah, we just give. Five hundred million I think these the answer today.
1: Who gave five hundred million?
0: America. US to, who?
1: to Taiwan. I would have to go back. I know they were trying to give, but even Taiwan needs to do things to re strengthen its um its to, military. Did I get to jump on John? Well, I got I've been <laughs> working all day. You've been stuck at home. But even with like with Taiwan, <laughs> this is something the United States needs to encourage because Taiwan's military is based off its early nine early nineteen twenty ish philosophy that used to come out of russia mm-hmm. that's how they're structured but they need to f- stand up and do things that so they're better prepared so china will think twice before going into taiwan yeah but one of the things that we need to do is and they never really addressed it they addressed it to some we got to cut spending which is true but how do you reform our um fi- uh, get our fiscal house in order when the biggest part of our national debt and i just found out this um today that we spend almost $500 billion on just on the interest. And in a couple of years, by 2025, 2026, we could be spending up to a trillion dollars a year just on the interest to finance our our national debt. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest drivers and I know people don't want to admit this, is our entitlement programs of Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid.
0: That was, ben- that was mentioned in... That the, was one
1: the, thing
2: only Ramaswamy touched on and he barely t- he touched it. He barely
1: on. touched on because nobody wants to address it. It's that as soon as somebody says, we got to reform Social Security, the other side's going to say, oh, you want to end it, you want to end it. I want to end it. Well, remember, end well it remember, remember how the Democrats with the, um, the debt ceiling negotiations and said the Republicans wanted to um, end Social Security, that's where you go. They, no one ever mentioned it because they took something Rick Scott said, but no Republican embraced that that program. So these are things that need to be addressed, and also the American people need to have an understanding of what is Social Security. Because remember when we talked about it a couple podcasts ago, you didn't know that, that the payroll tax that comes out of your check mm-hmm. I don't know pay- how social security worked and the payroll tax that comes out of the the employer puts half in the money that half comes out of your che- well not half, but you put the other half in that funds Social Security. So you're paying for those who are currently retired, but there's more people retired or going to retire than there's working. Mm-hmm. so we're going to have a problem coming in by nine years.
2: Yeah, we're gonna have a problem of too many people trying to draw, and we currently have a problem where, especially people my age, um, I think it's even up to like forty years old. You can take that money and invest it into the market. If you get average returns, you'll still see so much more than you'll see. Well, see of that's you know we... what?
0: Hold on, can you? Try... So yeah, he ahead, said Joe. he said something, but it just kind of I kind of like triggered a light bulb. And those know? don't really happen that often. Yeah, I know that. But is. Is there like a government push? Has the government tried to push on corporations? Hey, get this four hundred one k going. That's kind of like their version. As far uh, as I
1: know, no. There's I mean, I would, a, but each I would corporation, th- corporation can do it. But the problem is, I, small businesses, which is sixty percent of the U.S. economy, they they can't do stuff like that. Well, that's not what not I, I mean. That's what I would that.
0: think. I would be like, if like if the government's like, we don't think Social Security is going to be lasting when. Cody is of age. So let's kind of convince his corporation to get him into a 401k. That way he has that money, what, which, which technically all the money that they're putting for social security should technically go into a 401k to make money. So well, we can what they keep could it back do out.
1: is like, I mean, this is no, I mean, I'm, we're just spitballing of course, but there's, at least we're coming up with solutions and maybe anybody younger than 30 You automatically have to – your payroll tax from what you contribute that comes out of your check and what your employer contributes goes into a 401K of some sort where it's either going to be safe, moderate, and aggressive because you can move things around. The government can't get its hands on, can't touch it. They're illegally barred from touching it. It's like any 401K. Government can't touch it. So if you want to have your money comes out, you can decide where it goes, but you have to invest in something that even goes back to the military. Now I retired after 30 years in the military I was a reservist as well of active duty. So mine's based off points, but I never put anything into my retirement. It's just based off how many points I did get. Mm-hmm. I think with uh, anybody that joins the military has to put their money, take something out, has to go to a 401k which is then matched by the government. So let's say you do four years. Okay, good. You take that money, put it where you want. Let's say you do eight years. Then the government will match a little bit more. So the more time you serve in the military through the length of service, the government will match it, will put more away, more away. It's like an incentive. Mm -hmm. Because the the one problem is of all these retirements, especially like Social Security and the military, they were never set up for – the longevity which we're enjo- enjoying now. When I was a kid, if somebody was in their 70s or even definitely in their early 80s, that was like, oh my God, you're like Moses. Today, you can be very, very vibrant in your 70s and 80s, and even into your 90s if you watch what you eat, you stay healthy because of all the health advances we've made. So, but Social Security never reflected that we're living longer. Many people retired at 55 or If you work at a government job or some jobs, or if you work in government, I mean, Social Security, you can retire, let's say, 65 or 67, whatever it is now. But you can live another 30 years. Yeah. 40 years.
2: Yeah, when it was set up, that 65 was the average life expectancy. Yeah. you People were supposed to die before they could draw from it.
1: Exactly. So now we're living (laughs) longer, and that's the problem that's hurting a lot of state governments, like I know California, Illinois, New York is facing are individuals are retiring at 55, getting this really great benefit, great health care, but they're living another 40 years. So you've got to cover all that. So we need to have a conversation and not demonize, come up with ideas. I'm not saying my ideas are perfect, but at least I'm willing to address the issue that's being faced. We're going to face a crisis if we don't think of it solve it or at least come to grips with it because whoever becomes president in 2033 and whoever's in the congress in the senate is gonna have to address this
2: yeah yeah i want a little box i can check to opt out of social security yeah make I it want, that well, easy yep. but it you
1: should easy. have a what you have to if you can opt out then that money that you have to put it in something
0: well, yeah, like, there's, like, like so for you where, can I, where I work. You just take
1: it for yourself. You have to put what, it in something.
0: Where I work, it's called a thrift savings plan. I'm pretty sure when we open up our business, we're going to have something similar. Yeah. Like a 401k or something like that, where they can put their money in and watch it grow. Um, I forgot what I was going to say, but go ahead. What do you got?
1: No, it's just all these issues that need to be addressed. I mean, they address some with the economy is the number one issue that we've talked about, economy and inflation. They did touch on education, and I've been a big proponent of that, where our reading scores plummeted, our math scores plummeted, especially for minority children. When you've got the latest nonprofit that deals with educational achievement or an assessment said that 92% of black 13-year-old children can't do math. That's an, that's, that's, that's a, we should be disgusted by that.
2: We should. And their solution is to lower the standards to allow them to pass. Yeah,
1: Oregon, you don't have to take a test in math or English to graduate. They got rid of the SAT. So their idea is, well, let's level the, let's just drop the standard. We should be raising the bar. Mm -hmm. There's no reason in America that our educational standards are at the bottom of everybody in the industrialized world. We should be number one, or at least in the top five.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember who said it last night, but someone was talking about how the vast majority of teachers do care. No, just I need to let them we just need to let them do what they do and get rid of the Federal Board of Education.
1: And there also the other thing they need to get rid of is we had um, a segment of a couple of podcasts ago with Lance Christensen, who's an educational expert, ran for public education in California. And look at California. There's a report from the Public Policy Institute of California came out. of minority children can't do the math or English to grade level, but the public employee unions, the teachers union kept the schools shut down. My two um, nieces and nephew were locked at home, but conveniently Gavin Newsom's children, they were allowed to go to a private school in person learning. So if you look around the country, we need to break that back, get America educated for those who want to go to college those who want to go to a trade school, but those should be a trade school for those who want to do high tech, like cybersecurity, drones, and all these other things.
0: John, why don't you go ahead and tell them how they can get a hold of us. You
1: can get a hold of us by going to UbaldiReports at gmail.com. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and definitely TikTok. So we do this. um, This was a special day because of the debate um, last night, but then yours. What do you call it? Da, 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 da. Next Wednesday, we'll be back again. I think this Wednesday we're going to do, if not Joe Biden for president, then kind of who? Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about, is his rhetoric matching his accomplishments?
0: So uh, real quick before we kind of depart, um, looking at the debates yesterday, who would you vote for?
1: I would still vote for um, Ron DeSantis. Cody?
2: I was definitely looking at DeSantis before, um, but based off of that debate alone, I'm definitely leaning a bit towards more Ramaswamy. It's all I am. I'm leaning
0: okay. on Ramaswamy. So, uh, everybody, once you guys have a good night?
1: And until next Wednesday at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time, keep following Ubaldi Reports.